Hello, and welcome to the African Tech Roundup episode 20. That's right, folks, the teenage years are way behind us now. It's the big 2-0, and happy spring day for tomorrow, Africa. Yes, it's the 31st, but we know we're celebrating early. The sun's out, and the weather's good, so you know how we do. Today, like every Monday, though, we round up the week's most important technology, digital, and innovation news from across the African continent. My name is Andy Lemasugu, broadcaster and entrepreneur, and my co-host on the show, as always, is tech entrepreneur and executive editor of iAfrican.com, Defo Mohapi. How's it, man? I'm good and happy spring to everybody for tomorrow. We've got this uh, tree right outside our, our window where we live. And that tree, I promise you, tells you when it's spring. It won't be spring a day earlier or a day later than when that tree starts to sprout little leaves. And it did so like at least a week or two ago. So I'm really excited. Yeah, I heard birds whistling during the week and I was convinced it's spring already. Yeah, I saw you tweet that and I tweeted back. I'm like, they tweet every day, come spring, summer, winter, autumn. Where have you been, bruh? Yeah, I'll probably wake up too late then. Aye, man, aye, man. Anyway, listen, if you're new to the show, head straight to africantechroundup.com to catch up on what you've been missing. And while you're there, sign up for our weekly newsletter and get the podcast sent straight to your inbox every Monday. Yeah, and uh, follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at African Roundup. Tell us what you think of anything that we're talking about or any of the episodes. Yes, indeedy. A little later on in today's show, we'll revisit a topic we discussed in episode three, uh, where we try to answer the question, what is a startup? Uh, This week, though, we chat about what defines an African startup. So you want to stick around for that. First, though, the news. Now, Safaricom definitely not content to let the banks call the shots when it comes to mobile money transfers. Just a week after Kenyan banks announced that they'd be launching a money transfer service and infrastructure to support it, Safaricom says they'll be introducing higher transfer charges for banks. Yeah, but remember also the Communications Authority of Kenya a few weeks or a week or two back also wanted Safaricom to clarify their Lipan Ampesa charges in terms of uh, money transfer. So it looks like they're, they're ready to cash in either way. They'll win whether the banks introduce mobile money or not. I still say what I said last week, which is the banks really, really late to the party on this one. They were in a position for many, many decades to to onboard clients of theirs and, and certainly grow their client base. Just wasn't worth their while. They didn't pursue it. And now new technologies are competing late to the party. And Safaricom, quite frankly, I think has the upper hand here. No, definitely. This, this is another hurdle for the banks. Uh, in Kenya, the majority of mobile money users are with Safaricom's Mpesa. So you're trying to grab a good chunk of them to move over to use the bank's mobile money. But now you've got from Mpesa to bank transfer charges that Safaricom are going to introduce. That's a hurdle. So banks have an ecosystem with a low number of users. Safaricom has high number of users on their mobile money ecosystem. They'll need to think of ways, as we said last week, to incentivize people to use the bank's mobile money systems. And they're like, listen, banks, you need to pay if your customers are going to transfer from their bank accounts to third-party Mpesa wallets. And look, Safaricom has said that um, direct transactions from bank accounts to third-party mobile wallets are often used for, to perpetuate fraudulent tra- transfers and facilitate criminal activities. I don't know. Smokescreen for basically 
give us our money. I don't buy that. Well, we'll be keeping an eye on this one. Staying with Kenya now, uh, Google Transit being rolled out in that country. Yeah, you can now map your Matatu route using Google. There's a side of me that just thinks this is PR because the organized chaos of the average African country's transport network. It works and no one can understand why, but it does, you know, to try... Uh, to think that some sort of app and trying to organize the data is somehow going to organize things. Is that me resigning myself to chaos that could be organized? Uh, yeah, bro, but you're right. I mean, let's, let's look deeply into it. Matatus or Danfos in Nigeria or taxis in South Africa don't have schedules. So they, depending on where you hop onto it, it moves when it's full or it just moves around the route. So for Google Transit or Google Now to start telling you to expect that you're going to reach a certain place in X minutes, I'd love to see how that's going to work. The one thing that I think might be useful is that in a city like Nairobi, it, it probably gets quite confusing understanding which Matatus go where and which route to take. In South Africa, of course, there's even hand signals you need to know. And perhaps that sort of information can help outsiders make sense of some 300 routes Matatus uh, cover in Kenya. Perhaps this might help. We'll see. We'll keep an eye on this. Kenya, let us know if, if this works out for you guys. Well, Nest VC has been busy uh, only a few months since they launched in Nairobi, now announcing a partnership with a co-working space in Cape Town. Yeah, both in Cape Town and Nairobi. Uh, the, they've partnered with Nairobi Garage and Cape Town Garage. So they'll use both spaces as their VC foundation or VC where they'll operate from. Well, this is good news for startup founders in South Africa that were keen on getting a look in on the action, getting face-to-face time with some of the decision makers uh, at that VC. Here's to hoping we get some really good news stories coming out of Cape Town. Uh, and I'm sure the Joburg crowd won't be sitting here waiting for things to happen with flights as cheap as they are these days, <laughs> it's game on. Yeah, definitely. I mean, definitely to expect more events or more things to come out of those that partnership with Nest. So we'll see. And now a we'll follow-up to a story we covered last week, the launch of Android One in Nigeria, making a lot of people excited. Lots of hype about this on social media. Word is the Infinix Hot 2 selling like hotcakes. Well, apparently, but it's expected. I mean, it's relatively cheap given what it comes with. Uh, $88, so that's in South African terms under 1,000 rands or so. So, yeah, I think, and it runs Lollipop, which is the latest Google Android operating system. So, yeah, relatively cheap and looking forward to seeing it again, as we mentioned last week, come down south. And one of Nigeria's largest e-commerce platforms announcing, of course, that they sold out completely. What, what interests me is the hype around oh, this phone is worth 500 and something US dollars, but it's going for this incredible special of $88. Come on, who comes up with these valuations? Unless they've got the costings and a spreadsheet from the manufacturers, everybody's just estimating. Staying with Nigeria, some inf- interesting information also coming out of Android One launch in Nigeria. Some higher-ups at Google announcing that they have recorded 10 million internet users on their platform in Nigeria. It's always expected of Nigeria to have the most amount of internet users given the population size. It's only a matter of time that internet users will catch up with that population size. So 10 million sounds just about right, but it's interesting that last week we announced that 10.7 million 
Indian uh, mobile lines were cut off by the Nigerian Communications Authority, but they have 10, 10 million internet users. Quite interesting. Also this week, uh, Facebook announcing, of course, globally that uh, for the first time ever in a 24-hour span sometime this week, well, at least 1 billion uh, people you know, using that platform. I'm, I'm just curious about the implications of these kind of figures. What do they mean and why are they important and why are these brands sort of brandishing them about? These are just vanity metrics. Uh, these are just metrics they use to, or numbers they use to impress everybody but as you'd say in your world these are this is pr value well to south africa now celsi users boohoo free whatsapp is over (laughs) all right and uh word is so is free facebook unless of course you log in via internet.org funny that given how i saw an ad i think it was an online ad advertising the fact that celsi was still offering you free free facebook either way these are promos and not something you should expect uh, the cellular network to hang on to for good yeah i mean with a free whatsapp the charge they're charging is like five rands which in u.s dollar terms is less than 50 u.s cents so it's still relatively cheap for full whatsapp usage per month doesn't bother me much really i do imagine the type of client for whom that prospect was attractive for that kind of person five rand is a lot of money to now have to pay in order to keep coverage for a month or something it's coverage for a month but i think it covers everything if you use whatsapp compared if you had to translate that into MMS or SMS, you'd probably pay more if you send messages daily. I love this article that I read on an iAfrican about uh, internet.org actually defending the whole thing. It was quite insightful. I do still think, though, that Facebook is spinning this web, man. And before many internet users in the world know it, the only internet they'll know will be one created for them by Facebook. A very crappy internet at that if your portal into the internet is internet.org. Shame, it's better than nothing for some. Remember your first time on the internet when you could explore everything. This time around, first time, some first time users can't explore. They can't like be little children with wide open eyes and click and type and go wherever it leads them. They're limited to Wikipedia and Facebook and WhatsApp and that's about it. Yeah, only one color matters in that context and it's blue. True. (laughs) That rhymes. (laughs) Well, listen, our final story is only in our bulletin because of how interesting it all went down. Now, Fly Safe is a relatively new airline um, in South Africa, and uh, it still boggles the mind why people with money still consider the airline industry worth investing in but that's another story entirely i don't know enough to talk about that but anyway so here's this new airline called fly Safin. and this past week they quote unquote broke the internet with an offer for people to fly to some of their destinations for as little as one rand which is what a point less than 10 u.s cents yeah i mean it's crazy but they literally broke their own servers not the internet because people couldn't get some of those flights at one rand some people paid 200 rands not the price that was advertised so it seems like they didn't anticipate the the demand i would beg that they knew exactly what was going to happen they knew they didn't have the uh, infrastructure to handle the demand that would be created by this and they thought the pr would be something that to create a, a hype for their brand and i don't know if the number of people they 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 upset by this promotion and the fact that a lot of people tried to get access to it and couldn't add to that the fact that a lot of people didn't read the fine print which resulted in them paying at least 200 rand 
roughly, you know, 20 US dollars, ended up ticking people off and, you know, delighting them. Yeah, I mean, it was in their best interest, first of all, not to sell Elan tickets at one rent. Can you imagine how much they're losing on that or financing that? Secondly, the fine print or part of it was you had to pay, if you were bringing on luggage, you had to pay extra for the luggage. So this was a one, a less than 10 US cent flight only if you're flying without luggage, which didn't make sense. But anyway, yeah. That's rough out here. It's rough out here. But I'll tell you what, it's time for our discussion topic. Uh, again, like I said, we revisit a topic that we, we discussed some weeks ago, then sparked by an article by a guy called David Adamo, uh, and now this week inspired by two articles featuring on iAfrican.com, uh, one by Eleanor Craig Jr. and another by Nigeria's Mark Essien. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the question there becomes, what defines an African startup? Do we use the same metrics that Silicon Valley uses? Do we use the same models that Silicon Valley uses? Definitely we can't. There's a lot of, uh, I'd say, techies with apps or a website, and they call themselves startups, which isn't really fair because some of them don't even have traction or have like 100 users using the website once in a while. So can't really call that a startup, but that's very common on the continent. Secondly, using metrics like annual rate of return and all sorts of metrics that uh, Silicon Valley uses to measure how well a startup is doing doesn't help down here because most startups need to make cash for even the founders to live. So the only measure, as Eleanor Craig Jr. argues, is cash flow. That's hardly fair. I, 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 you know, I, I can't completely make peace with this double standard we create. Uh, I'm not entirely, as you know, uh, a fan of this of the snobbery around the title startup and how a few people set themselves up as guardians of the status you know that said i mean they're really good ideas that with the right amount of support and enthusiasm behind them um, as silicon valley often provides uh, new startup founders could survive if it wasn't for the snobbery i feel it's not snobbery from my point of view you're in business to make money so i, I partly agree with not actually partly i fully agree with eleanor craig jr because you're in business to make money so therefore cash flow is king as they say but in Silicon Valley, startups often go many, many years without making money, and that's fine. They don't make profits, but they have cash coming in. But sometimes, even in the beginning, they just get traction and don't even get cash in like Facebook. But they like tech on steroids. So they, they get traction very early on, which some startups don't even get locally. But to get traction, you need funds locally, etc., etc. There is a dual standard, you have to admit, though. Not really. Can you point to one startup on the continent that can survive without making any money and still attract a lot of investment? Well, I suppose, to be fair, I mean, I just, I just do feel that there's a vibe around Silicon Valley that a good idea supported long enough at least gets a chance at making something happen. Whereas in, in Africa, we, we're very quick to shoot down people with ideas because in, in our minds, if they don't make, you know, rands and cents or dollars and cents very quickly, they don't count in our minds as potential startups. Look, you can try and stick it out on your own, but don't go ask for funding. I see. I suppose that's another side of the discussion. I suppose a lot of the time, startup founders on the continent complain about how they can't find funding. And in fairness, if they're not showing certain numbers, they can't expect to get it. Yeah, and the other argument which, which Mark Essien talks about is, and this is in an article where he says 2014 was the year when Nigerian tech startups really came alive, really became tech startups, is that... They started employing people, which is 
relatively good metric to look at. They started making money and they started expanding beyond Lagos or Abuja or beyond Nigeria. Yeah, well, listen, what, what, what are your thoughts on what a startup is? More importantly, what qualifies a startup to be a startup right here on the continent? Um, is, it, is it numbers? If so, which numbers? Tell us what you feel and what you think. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at African Roundup. You know the hashtag to use. ATRU and of course if you want to check out these uh, awesome articles uh, tons of great uh, writing from all over the continent uh, head on to iAfrican.com thank you so much for letting us pick through your archives man it's all good visit our website africantechroundup.com look this is it for now we thank you for joining us on this spring eve (laughs) please enjoy the rest of your day and uh, indeed join us again same time next week and we'll be back talking more tech in Africa Cheers, everybody. Take it easy.